<laughs> you heard what the doctor just said to us about uh, fatigue. But thank you very much for your views. Interestingly enough, I wouldn't say that anyone has or expressed the view that Mokhweng uh, Mokhweng uh, was, uh, you know, a, a JZ person. In fact, he was perceived to be at the beginning, and uh, uh, we figured out he wasn't at some point. But we shift gear. Good news for the energy sector is that the establishment of a hydrogen valley in South Africa is a step closer to reality. And this was announced during the launch of the Hydrogen Valley Feasibility Study Report by the Department of Science and Innovation. And the establishment of this valley uh, is said will create 32,000 32, yes, 32, jobs per year and help the country with its energy crisis. And let's get educated on this. And by the way, if you're in the energy sector, please join in on this conversation and uh, call us on uh, our studio line uh, so that uh, you also uh, can uh, put your views across on 011714 So um, we are wanting to talk uh, with Dr. Rebecca Mase Rumule, who's the Chief Director for Hydrogen and Energy in the Department of Science and Innovation. Dr. Maserumule, good after, good morning, sorry. <laughs> good morning and thank you very much for your time. Firstly, explain what is hydrogen and what is it mainly used for? Okay, no, thank you so much for the opportunity to speak this morning. Um, hydrogen is actually a gas which can be used as a cleaner alternative to natural gas. You can use it to refuel um, cars or vehicles for, for mobility. You can use it in industrial processes for heat. You can also use it in oil refining um, for chemical processes. So it's a very versatile um, gas that can be used across many sectors. Yeah. So when we talk about Hydrogen Valley, what do we mean and where has it been identified? No, in terms of a Hydrogen Valley, Essentially, it's just a geographical area, such as a city, a region, or island, or industrial cluster, where you're going to be rolling out huge hydrogen-related um, projects. So in South Africa, it's just essentially a program of action that will receive funding from local government, national, and international funds to cluster industry and research initiatives to actually carry out pilot projects um, across the whole entire value chain. So you have the projection of production of hydrogen using renewables, you're going to have distribution and refilling stations, you're going to have end use, like large-scale trucks on the road, as well as buildings that use fuel cells um, for powering them. Yeah. And, and what then does it mean for our country? Well, what it really means for South Africa is, is, is mainly jobs. So we're looking at a 1.2 billion rand investment in just nine or ten projects that can actually turn into close to three to eight billion rand dollars of, of investment plus GDP growth um, in South Africa. And we, we talked about the jobs that can bring to South Africa. Yeah. And, the, and these are 32,000 jobs a year. Did I read that correctly? Yeah. So we have two scenarios, a low, low scenario and a high scenario. So if we roll out at a very slow pace, we can provide 14,000 jobs to the economy. If you roll it out quickly and at, at a large scale um, um, in terms of amount of hydrogen being consumed, then we can actually scale it up to, to 32,000 jobs. And this is both direct and indirect jobs. Yeah, yeah. So what were the results of the study, uh, Dr. Masaramule? Well, essentially the study says that we can actually bring projects to what we call bankability um, faster if we actually speed up the rollout of fuel cell technology. So currently, um, 
you know, there's existing private sector partners like Anglo, um, Bambili, and Anji who are looking at deploying field health technologies like heavy-duty trucks in the road. But if we couple that demand or that project with other projects in Limpopo, like the Limpopo Science and Technology Park, as well as OR Tambo International Airport, which could roll out fuel cell vehicles and so forth, we can actually actually improve the bankability of the um, the heavy mobility project in McCullough, at the McCullough Corner Mine. This is important because we're using green hydrogen in this in this valley, so you're going to have a reduction in greenhouse gas emissions. Um, you have better air quality, but in addition to that, um, you also have um, learnings that will happen because the community is working together. Um, to do the scale up as fast as possible. Yeah. And then, you know, what are the environmental concerns? Well, you know, there's issues around safety. And, and I think, um, you know, we're talking about, you know, hydrogen is a gas, which, which in it, like any energy carrier, has its challenges. So really what's important is this pilot project will really be around ensuring that we can train um, graduates um, from technicians from the University of Technology even here at colleges around the safety components of refueling, safety components around storage of gas. I mean, I think um, you say what this means. I think this actually is allow, allowing, would allow you to upskill unemployed graduates in the energy sector um, to actually be part of the, we'll say, the just or energy transition in South Africa. Mm. And then, uh, Dr. Masarimule, let's talk about the difference. Uh, uh, how different is this to the proposed green energy proposals that were there? Well, what's different is most of the current proposals are really just focusing on renewables, solar, wind, and so forth. What we're bringing is an extra dimension. We're bringing in mobility. Um, so, hence, you know, a lot of the proposals that maybe just looking at electric vehicles, we're saying, no, let's power our vehicles, not with just batteries, but fuel cells, technology, based on green hydrogen. Um, but also what we're saying is that we're actually giving industry other options. Um, if, if, you're, if you're using, um, we, talk, we talk about hard-to-bake sectors, you can put quite a bit of your industry processes um, onto electricity. However, there's certain processes that, that require high-temperature heat that you can't put fully into electricity. So you're going to need hydrogen as an energy carrier for, um, for high-grade heat, but also for um, even on-site processes. Um, in the iron and steel sector, you still use a bit of hydrogen for even the chemical processes. So what we're giving is a lot of versatility and flexibility to heavy-duty industry um, for, to reduce their greenhouse gas emissions. And this is important if we're going to continue to industrialize South Africa, again, to provide jobs. Mm. We are in conversation, by the way, if uh, you just joined us and you want to join in on the conversation with uh, Dr. Uh, Rebecca uh, Masarumule, who is the Chief Director uh, Hydrogen and Energy at the Department of Science and Innovation. And because uh, the, we're talking about the establishment of a hydrogen valley in South Africa uh, being a step closer to reality, it was announced during the launch of the Hydrogen Valley Feasibility Study Report by the Department of Science and uh, innovation that the doctor works for. And uh, the establishment of this valley, uh, uh, from what we hear, is going to create 32,000 jobs per year uh, and apparently help the country with its energy crisis. Let's talk about that, uh, you know, the role that this will play 
We're in the middle of load shedding again uh, until uh, f Thursday or Friday. I can't even remember. Uh, but from time to time, we know that South Africa has a major energy crisis. So what role will this play in helping our energy crisis? Well, one of, you know, we've been informally implementing certain projects, I would say, within the Hydrogen Valley. Um, one, of the, one, of the, one of the sectors that we've, we're focusing on is the building sector. So since last year in June, um, the Department of Science and Innovation, Department of Defense, Department of Public Works and Industry, um, and uh, infrastructure as well as private sector, have been powering a field hospital for COVID-19 patients at the one military hospital in Pretoria. So as we have load shedding and it, uh, you have impact on the building sector, you can actually roll out fuel cell technologies to power buildings for backup. Um, also for primary power. So this is projects that have been in place since last year. And actually we're proud to say that TIPA graduates from our upskilling six-week program have actually been operating and maintaining the fuel cell at the Military One Hospital successfully since last year. So then the economic benefits, I think uh, let's talk about that. Uh, what are the economic benefits according to uh, your fe the feasibility study report? Well, I think one of the economic benefits, of course, is government is, is tax revenue that would be generated um, from the local manufacturing of the fuel cell technologies in South Africa. And I think that is one of the key components of the Hydrogen Valley. We're looking at deploying fuel cell technologies in South Africa, but with the aim to manufacture the technologies in South Africa. And if you have manufacturing, uh, you know, in South Africa, that means you need to take the graduates from University of Technology. You need to take the graduates from this Tivat College system, as well as um, local graduates. So this will, I think, help with youth unemployment issues. So, you know, you employ the youth that direct economic benefit to the country. But also, when you lose energy, people don't understand that there's a cost for unserved energy. So if you, can't, if you don't have energy, then you cannot sell things. Um, so you lose out on sales, and again, and revenue that has an impact on the South African economy. So I, I think from also social economic benefits. Um, if you have a situation where you need to apply for the government for passports or apply to government for IDs to, to actually do things, again, there's a loss, um, there's, a, there's an economic cost if you're not powering fuel cells. But lastly, if you're looking at um, fuel cells for the um, ICT sector, you know, there's close to 300 um, fuel cell, I mean, cell phone towers or base stations which are powered by fuel cell technologies. So, again, we, we talk about the power outages, but every single time there's a power outage, your MTMs, your Vodacoms, your, um, you know, Celsius, they, they leave lots of state revenue um, in business because they're not able to provide, um, you know, connectivity to um, its clients and its customers. Mm. So, again, we, we feel like we're helping out the country by making sure that you have sustainable power, but also it's reliable. Mm. So, you know, do you have a reference point? How do how did other countries use it to their benefit, and, and what lessons are we to learn and take from them? Well, you know, I think there, I mean, depending upon which website you go to, I think there's close to 70, it's over just under 20 hydrogen valleys in other countries, um, you know, in the U.S., China, Australia, um, South America, Europe, um, UK. Yeah. Now, what these countries learned is that they was a they basically created a community of practice mm -hmm. where people could learn together mm -hmm. to see what the 
policy barriers could be because you learn by doing. And then the learning from that, uh, you know, that community of practice allowed them to revise policies fast, you know, quickly so they can actually increase the penetration. Um, one, the cost of the, the upfront CAPEX for a lot of the te- new technologies um, can be daunting. So by getting a kind of scale in terms of purchasing power, mm. we brought down the total cost. Of, um, of the purchases of the new technology, mm-hmm. but also the cost of the hydrogen that was used in the valley. Um, again, if you increase the amount of um, demand, you increase the demand, then you bring the total cost of the hydrogen or the energy carrier down. Um, our study showed that, you know, currently the cost of green hydrogen, um, if, if you do it small scale, is at 10 to $12 per kilogram. But in our study, we say if we can scale up fast enough, we can actually bring the cost down to between three and four dollars per kilogram. So that reduction in cost will actually increase, reduce your total cost of ownership yeah. of the technology. Got so it. that's what they've done in other countries, and we hope to recreate here in South Africa. Yeah, uh, the conversation is around uh, us getting the green light uh, for Hydrogen Valley, and uh, we are uh, in uh, conversation with Dr. Rebecca Maserimule, who is uh, the Chief Director for Hydrogen and Energy uh, at the Department of Science and Innovation. And of course, uh, uh, it was announced uh, that uh, the establishment of a Hydrogen Valley in South Africa is a step closer to re- uh, reality and. And um, uh, the launch of the Hydrogen Valley Feasibility Study Report was uh, done by, uh, was uh, given uh, to the Department of Science and Innovation and the establishment of this valley will apparently create 32,000 jobs per year and help our country with uh, our uh, much dire energy crisis. And uh, we're talking about that with uh, Dr. Maseru Mule. Dr. Maseru Mule, if I'm a business person in the, this sector, what opportunities should I be on the lookout for? Well, as part of the Hydrogen Society Roadmap, one of the key recommendations we made was for revisions to the Critical Infrastructure Framework grant of the Department of Trade, Industry, and Competition. Because um, that framework allows you know, co-funding with private sector around infrastructure. So we see, pay attention to what DTIC is doing around their policies around, especially around critical infrastructure, but that's going to enable the uptake or the in- introduction of hydrogen scale cell technologies, especially refilling stations in South Africa. Mm. Second, um, I would look at opportunities for training youth mm-hmm. in the fuel cell sector, mm. looking to scale up those opportunities, um, mm. especially to ensure the penetration of the reduction of youth employment. But also, I think, pay attention to... Um, possible opportunities, especially from the IDC, around possible calls for proposals um, for opportunities. Um, and then lastly, I would say that um, we as government are looking to put in place structures, yeah. uh, or governance structures to help with this community of practice. So look at the, you know, look out for what the, the Department of Science and Innovation is doing around creating that organizing framework around getting this valley up and running. Yeah. So lastly, uh, uh, Dr. Rebecca, now that the study has given the green light, when are we likely to see it start? And also when, for me, as a consumer of electricity in the country who's frustrated uh, by load shedding, as I said earlier, when am I likely to see the benefits of uh, this uh, hydrogen valley? Okay. Um, I, I think I think what's important to note that there were some organizations that were already working together to deploy field cell technology. So 
So this is not necessarily a green slate. It's like a, a, a black slate. So Anglo-American had already been in um, discussions around deploying um, mobility, heavy-duty trucks using fuel cells. Um, they've done similar work in other um, regions of the world. So I think the, the efforts of Anglo to get, I think, a fuel cell truck on the road probably will over the next 12 to 18 months. If something has happened, you've also probably seen that they've um, hired an organization to help them with the deployment of um, renewables on site at the McCulloch Corner Mine up to 100 megawatts. That installation will probably be used also to generate green hydrogen. So, I mean, I think what we wanted to make sure is that this program is very pragmatic. Mm. So there's existing projects that are on the ground which are in different phases, and this is just really more of an organizing framework for that. Um, you have exciting work happening at Impala Platinum, exciting work happening at um, uh, SASO around sustainable aviation fuels. Yeah. So I would say the private sector is moving very quickly on this. Okay. Thank you for your insights and thank you for making uh, the time to talk to us, Dr. Masaramula. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Rebecca. Thank you. Dr. Rebecca Masarimule is uh, the Chief Director of Hydrogen and Energy at uh, the Department of Science and Innovation. And uh, that discussion was around uh, the fact that we've been given the green light uh, for Hydrogen Valley. I wanted to read some Mohoing WhatsApps before I go because there's so many. Uh, uh, I'll just pick one. Uh, I'm trying to see. One says, hi, KG. People are looking for servant leaders, not one who want to build careers and not people, community, and nation. And another one, Chief Justice Mokhoeng Mokhoeng is a hero of faith. Hebrews 11. Thank you, Chief Justice, for your great services to this nation. Above all else, defending your Christian faith and believing that uh, those are enshrined in our constitution. Don't ever be apologetic for your Christian beliefs, uh, my Chief Justice. We are proud of you for standing up for your Christian beliefs, you are a great example to many Christians, uh, Pastor Kevin.